You're listening to a podcast from JNNP. Welcome to this JNNP podcast from the BNPA. Uh, my name is Chris Butler from the University of Oxford, and I'm talking with Cleaner Carroll, who has conducted research at the University of Cambridge investigating the effects of posterior fossa tumours in early childhood on subsequent intelligence. Now, Cleaner, thank you very much indeed for coming along and talking to us today. Thank you, Chris. I wonder whether you could first of all just uh, clarify for us what posterior fossa tumours are, uh, how they tend to present at what age in children. So I guess posterior fossa tumours are the most common site of brain cancers in, in childhood. They relate to tumours in the cerebellar region, so mostly around kind of the cerebellum brainstem and the fourth ventricle. So for people in our study, most of them had tumours within the cerebellum and they included astrocytomas and medulloblastomas, which are both types of tumours. And what age do these tumours tend to present at in children? So I guess the group of children that we looked at were all diagnosed with posterior foster tumours under the age of five years of age. We chose posterior fossa tumours because I guess in some ways it kind of deals with the heterogeneity of different structures of the brain where with posterior fossa tumours because they're generally cerebellum it kind of gives more of a homogenous group rather than looking at groups of children with cancers throughout the brain but they can present in later childhood as well. I see and so how did you um, how did you choose to study this question and uh, first of all what was the population that you studied? Okay, so we recruited people through a national register of um, childhood tumours, which is based in Oxford, um, and we identified people from that from that cancer registry and then recruited them through their GPs. We chose to look at this group because anecdotally it seemed like there was evidence within, I guess we're in kind of learning disability practice that for people who have early brain tumours that there was later consequences in terms of their mental health and that some of those mental health difficulties were associated with IQ as well and possibly associated with IQ I guess. Um, I guess there's been previous literature which does indicate that IQ deficits are common after an early posterior foster tumour and also the effects of radiation therapy which is used for the treatment of the tumour that that can have significant associated deficits in IQ as well. So I guess our study was using a UK sample um, recruiting people from England and looking at people on average 32 years post-diagnosis of their brain tumour. So that kind of represented, as far as we know, the longest follow-up period that any study has looked at IQ after after having an early childhood brain tumour. And how many subjects were included in your study? We included 113 participants in the study, um, all from England, as I say, and we also recruited 62 of their siblings. So we, we tried as best as possible to get their siblings who were the nearest age to them so that we could use those siblings as a control group for, for IQ. I see. And uh, what were your principal findings in the study? So I guess the main findings really were that about 16% of the survivors of of posterior foster tumours had an IQ below 70, which would indicate a learning disability. And that compared with nobody in the sibling group. So within the sibling group, the mean IQ was about 108, whereas within the survivors, the mean IQ was 89 in terms of full-scale IQ score. So that represented about a 20-point difference. So we then went on and looked at matched controls. So that was within the larger sample of 113 survivors and 62 siblings. 
But in the matched control group, we just looked at people who had siblings included in the study and matched them. And we also noticed then that there was a decline in IQ of about a mean of 24 points. We also looked at radiotherapy and looking to see if there was a difference between those who had radiotherapy and those who didn't. And we noticed that there was a, a difference, that that difference, decline in IQ, increased from 19 points to 24 points in those who had radiotherapy. Um, and those who didn't have radiotherapy, there was only a decline of 10 points. So it seems that that decline in IQ is quite driven by, by radiotherapy treatment. So I wonder whether the effect on IQ in these patients who've presumably been in hospital uh, for a considerable period of their schooling years, you know, might at least partially be due to that. Yeah, and I think that was quite interesting in our, our research because we did look at the years of education that people have been through and there was no significant difference between the survivors and their siblings in terms of the years of education. But of course we have no record of the quality of that education and how, mu how much time was missed as a result. So do you think that this is um, the, the effect on IQ is due to damage within the posterior fossa or is this, so is this a role for the posterior fossa in IQ in general or is this um, more widespread damage as a result of the surgery and or radiotherapy? I guess it's hard to say definitively. I think that it probably is linked to having a brain tumour, having surgery to remove the tumour and radiotherapy and a combination of all of those things. In terms of radiotherapy treatment we didn't look to see whether or not, we, we didn't have the data available to look and see if, if there was a dose effect so those who received more radiation had lower IQs. Um, we also weren't able to distinguish between those who had whole brain radiation and those who had focal irradiation. So I guess because of not having that data available, it's hard to say whether this is a role for the posterior fossa or whether it is more related to perhaps it was those children who had more whole brain radiation rather than a focal radiation that had declines in IQ. So it's difficult to say at the moment. Okay. And finally, I note that you uh, found a, an interesting effect of gender in this study as well. Yeah, I think it, it is quite quite interesting effect in that we found that female children did worse in terms of their IQ scores than males. So being a female survivor of a posterior foster tumour actually puts you at an increased risk for having more difficulties in terms of full-scale IQ. Have you any idea why that might be? Is it something to do with the age at which they're acquired or how? I don't know, I guess within our group we've been thinking about that a bit and why that might be and some of the reasons that we were thinking of were, was that it may be linked to endocrine differences between males and females. Um, one of the other interesting findings that we, we found as well is that there's a significant association between height and IQ in the survivors so it may be something linked to endocrine deficiencies in terms of growth hormone but again it's hard to know whether or not that's kind of a driving force or whether that's a combined factor associated with having a brain insult and the treatment associated. Well thank you very much indeed very interesting and I'm sure very important work uh, and we look forward to hearing more uh, in this field in the future thanks for thank your time. You.